Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. He blitzes right past Marshawn to the net. Dishes, one-timer score! Leon Dreisaitl! What a play by McDavid! Body takes the snap. He looks to the right side. He's throwing to the end zone. There it is. Touchdown, Eskimos. Duke Williams. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Well, I know what is wrong, um, but it's not going to get fixed overnight. Um, I've been through this once before, and I, I'm going to help it along, but uh, it's not going to change overnight. But we can start taking some steps. I, I've got to sell my, my best. I've got to be good at players have to buy. I, I, I told the players today I can take them to a place uh, personally that they can't get to themselves, but they got to buy into that, and it's not going to be comfortable at times. But if we want to expect, if we expect to win hockey games, we're not going to do it on talent. We're, we're going to really have to develop an atmosphere where we're 100% locked in playing for each other and not with each other. And there's a big difference in those two words. And, and we've got to get to that atmosphere as quickly as we can. And like I said, it is not going to happen overnight. But, but I think there's some good kids in there and there's some good people. And I think we can make this go. There's the new guy. But he's not new to any of you, is he? That is Edmonton native Ken Hitchcock, who today takes over as head coach of your Edmonton Oilers. He'll make his debut behind the Oilers bench in two and a half hours when the Oilers face the San Jose Sharks. Of course, we will have the game for you right here on 6.30. Ched, Todd McClellan fired, and Hitchcock is in. The third winningest coach in NHL history with 823 victories. My name is Reed Wilkins, Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio, 6.30. Ched. Pleased to be joined by our weekly guest, former NHL goaltender, now an analyst with the NHL on Rogers. It is Kelly Rudy. Kelly, good to hear from you. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing well, Reed. Yeah, what an interesting day. Started last night with uh, Mike Yo, and now uh, hearing about uh, Todd McClellan, which I happen to be. Uh, that, that's really disappointing because I've known Todd for a number of years, and uh, I've known Hitch for a number of years too. And it has nothing to do with Hitch because I love him too, but. You know, when people lose their jobs, it's uh, it's not a fun day. Well, and we had that quote there from Ken Hitchcock, and I know you've been watching and listening to the coverage throughout the day as well. He said, I, I can take players where where maybe they can't go on their own, and we have to play for each other, not with each other. What do those comments mean to you, Kelly? <laughs> well, he's putting a stamp on the team right away, and... <laughs> The one thing is, immediately when I heard the news, is that, okay, I don't know what the players' thoughts were on McClellan. Uh, frankly, I don't care. Um, you don't have to like or you can dislike. It doesn't matter the coach, but you have to perform at your best. I do know one thing. They're not going to be all that uh, 
happy with Hitchcock once he starts to uh, set his ground rules and the way in which he communicates and, and so on. Um, it, he's going to be, uh, and he's softened a ton, but don't get me wrong, he is not warm and fuzzy, and it's not going to be fun in games, and maybe the players will really enjoy the results, but at times they certainly won't like the process, and that's what Hitch shared with everybody. Now, what? okay, does that just mean he's going to get in players' faces and bluntly point out their weaknesses? Does that mean the practices are going to be more physically demanding than other coaches might have brought? What, what does that mean exactly? He'll play head games as well, so all the things that you said. But uh, if you know Ken, you go back to uh, you know his strategies, not only on the ice but off the ice and how he tries to impact people and uh, – as you, sh- I'm sure you know, Reed, he studies uh, war generals, and so he, he understands techniques and how to reach people and how to uh, change people, get the best out of them, push them beyond uh, what they ever thought they could do. Uh, it's interesting, even as a, a media personality, I first discovered how Ken uh, would use deceit um, back in, I, I'm going to say the year they won the Stanley Cup. 1998-99, so I was in my first year of uh, full-time broadcast with Hockey Night in Canada, and I had known Ken since 1973, I want to say, back when he was still selling goalie equipment in the basement of United Cycle on White Ave. So uh, he and I struck up some sort of uh, friendship back then. I was a young goalie in the west end of Edmonton, and I thought United Cycle was a go-to place for hockey equipment, in particular goalie gear, and that's where Hitch worked when he was uh, moonlighting uh, and trying to become a coach. But, uh, you know, so I'm in in the playoffs in 1998-99, and I'm in a, uh, the hallway in the Reunion Arena, and John Davidson, he was also broadcasting at that time, I think, for NBC, and it's just he and I. So after one of the, the games, the Stars won. I think they might have beat Colorado. It doesn't matter. And Hitch calls uh, John and I into his office, and he puts the tape in. And uh, I don't think it was that night, but a different night, it doesn't matter. And he says, look, he's showing us stuff, and uh, he's, see this? You'll never see the trap again. It's gone. You you can't play the trap anymore. And and I'm thinking to myself, what? What is he talking about? And that was in the midst of the trap, and, and it wasn't going away, and it's still around at times. And uh, then I, I, you know what, I, I grabbed actually a, a tape of that game. I got the Hockey Night in Canada to uh, record another one for me because I was so unclear of what Hitch was trying to tell John and I. So I went home and I had a few days off, so I put it in the machine and I watched it. I thought, you know what, is he ever smart? He's trying to throw us, he's trying to lead us on a wild goose chase. And, and he did it for whatever particular reason. And so from that point on, I've always uh, respected him and so on. But there's an element of me that whenever he's speaking, uh, that I don't take it uh, all that seriously. I always think about, okay, i got to try and put my thinking cap on here and figure out exactly what he's trying to tell us in the media. I sense he's changed quite a bit, but he's, he is a little bit more truthful in that sense. But uh, he is a different guy, boy, and he's going to really, really push these guys to, like he said, places they don't want to go. That, that's an interesting story. So he was hoping you and Davidson would go on air and be like, oh, yeah, the Dallas Stars yeah. don't trap anymore, and other teams are kind of like, wait, what What, what are you talking about? Like, that's... Yep, 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 he was trying to get us to send a message, and uh, 
Uh, I don't know what John ever said on the air because I, of course, I'm broadcasting at the same time, but I know I wasn't buying it, and I, and uh, for good reason. I mean, I had known uh, Ken for a long time, and and uh, it was, this is kind of funny, and I don't mean any disrespect for Ken or some of the people in the media, but for years after that, I was in a different role. I wasn't uh, doing color or anything, so I was just in an analyst role, and so I had my own thoughts about the game and, and what thoughts about going into the intermission and so I didn't really need to quote the coach or everything but I or anything but I used to laugh when I'd see some of the media people and Ken at the morning presser he'd be telling his stories and making his points and people would be jotting things down I was like, why are you wasting ink jotting those sort of <laughs> comments down because it's not truthful he's just trying to use people and you know what I, I don't uh, disrespect that I don't that's how he feels he has to get the best out of people, and and like I said, he's a really clever guy. Kelly Rudy joining us on Inside Sports. Ken Hitchcock has replaced Todd McClellan as the Oilers head coach. Kelly, Peter Shirelli said in his comments that he saw some things creeping back into the Oilers game and that there was maybe some reversion, is the word he used, to problems they'd had in the past. He didn't want to uh, expand too much. I, I mean, in that situation, I don't think you... Uh, GM's not going to come out and point fingers specifically at at flaws in the previous coach, but it, but he did say some he saw some bad things had had crept back into the Oilers game that he hoped might have been gone or had been dealt with. In your mind, uh, what were those things? I know you've I know you saw him a couple times on the weekend. Yeah. So, well, first of all, I was also of the mind that uh, when they went on that uh, good run earlier this year, that some of those bad habits or the uh, the lack of preparation that they uh, had last year, I thought they had overcome that. And then all of a sudden, now they've lost six out of seven, and I did see some of that same sort of uh, thing happening, that, you know, you you get a little bit complacent. You're not good enough to be complacent, by the way. Uh, And more importantly, they became very fragile again. I mean, I thought Saturday, and I said this uh, in the second intermission, uh, the game between uh, them and, and the Flames, I thought Edmonton dominated for the first 35 minutes. And then uh, uh, there was the uh, penalty, I mean the uh, the breakaway, uh, the save by Riddick. Adam Larson takes a holding penalty. Derek Ryan scores, and all of a sudden it was a big collapse by the Oilers. And that's, that's inexcusable. When, when you can play at that high level for 35 minutes, you can't have that terrible of a third period. And then it carried over on Sunday. I watched the game Sunday, and uh, they have a lead, um, 2-1 at one point, and, and then they're terrible again in the second. Uh, you know, those things, you can change the coach and send a different message with uh, changing the coach and stuff, but it's still on the players. I mean, those players have to find a way to be more uh, uh, durable, uh, more resistant to uh, mood swings and so on. And you know what? That's, Ken's going to find a way to drive those messages home to those guys. And like I said, everybody around the league knows it's not going to be very pleasant for those players. Okay, interesting stuff. Kelly, I want to get one more impression from you about that Oilers game Saturday in Calgary. Matthew Kachuk has done a great job uh, reviving the Battle of Alberta. Depending who you're you're cheering for, you either think he's brilliant or you think he's a little weasel. Uh, you would have played with and against players who brought that sort of attitude 
to the rink. Um, I, I mean, look, I, I think there were some penalty calls both ways that maybe could have been made to tone it down in the first period. Certainly, I thought Kachuk should have got one for going into the uh, to the the two on one scenario against McDavid in that first period. Yep. But but I mean, he yep. he uh, got the Oilers' attention for better or for worse. What what did you think of him? How do you recommend teams deal with players like that? Boy, that's. Uh... That's an interesting one because I see him virtually every game. And so uh, you've got to give him a lot of credit. He's, he's a little bit like Brad Marchand that way, where he, he, he gets everybody on the ice furious with him. And uh, he drags all of his teammates into the battle. Um, if, Like you said, if he's on the Calgary Flames and you're a Flames fan, you love him. If you're anybody else, you probably can't stand him. But uh, being around him, I know that he's a res- really respectful kid. He really respects the game. He just figured out that this is a way in which he's got to play. Um, but I can understand how a lot of people would be furious with him and furious that uh, he turtled when Lucic went after him. Uh, so uh, I get all that. But uh, you know what? If you look at it objectively, you have to say, boy, is he ever an effective player? Um but listen, there are things that he does. Of course, I don't agree with either. But uh, you know, it's a little bit of give and take with players like that. But you have to understand that at least this is a guy that's not stealing money. He comes every night and he puts in an effort. And you can like the player or not, but you have to respect the way in which he plays and how hard he tries every game. Well, Kelly, I know the only turtling you're interested in is turtle soup. So thanks again for coming on the show. <laughs> and turtles, those little chocolates that we all love. <laughs> I, we, I had to work in a food reference for you. Hey, <laughs> thanks, buddy. Uh, a busy week ahead, obviously. Uh, we'll talk to you again yep. next week, man. You got it. Thanks, pal. That is Kelly Rudy checking in inside sports on 630 Chet. So uh, he had some really interesting uh, impressions of Ken Hitchcock and some of his uh, motivational tactics. I think uh, Kelly's talking maybe a little bit about uh, uh, some mind games and some manipulation. And, well, you know, coaches will do that. And uh, Ken's been pretty successful. Third winning is... Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. coach in NHL history what can he do with this Oilers team that has not looked very good recently losses in six of their last seven it's 620 we'll call a quick timeout inside sports on 630 Chet please support 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous visit santasanonymous.ca to find out how this is inside sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad well, the Oilers and the Sharks, the only game in the NHL tonight. Miko Koskinen will be in goal for Edmonton. Alex Chason will play with Nugent Hopkins and Spooner. Raddy returns to action. He'll be with Marodi and Lucic. It'll remain McDavid between Kajula and Dreisaitl. McDavid coming in with 99 career goals. Brodziak will center Kara and Cassian. D pairings expect Clefbaum and Larson, Nurse with Russell, and Gravel with Benning. And, of course, Ken Hitchcock 
behind the bench. The Oilers with the uh, substandard record of 9-10-1. He's hoping to turn it around. We don't have time to horse around. We don't have time to go to get in the get-to-know-you phase. We don't have time for it. we got to get going. And I, I want to be able to tell them everything that I'm about, good and bad. This, I want them to be 100% uh, prepared for what they can expect from me so we don't have to go through the dance. And we started that today. And I thought the guys really responded well to it. And uh, we'll get some more done, a lot done on Thursday. But I, I want to be really clear with the players. This is what I expect. This is what you can expect from me. I'm going to be consistent. This is how I'm going to act. So there's no surprises. And I'm going to try to eliminate, by the, by the time we play Friday, I'm going to try to eliminate as many surprises as I can. All right, a little bit there from Ken Hitchcock, the new head coach of the Edmonton Oilers. The face-off show is at 7. The game against the Sharks will start at 8.30. NBA tonight, three minutes into the third quarter, Toronto leading Orlando 53-46. My goodness, what a Monday nighter in the NFL, Kellen. I left at halftime last night and uh, got home in time to see most of the second half. Third highest scoring game in NFL history. And uh, a couple defensive plays late in the game. Seal it for the Los Angeles Rams. An absolute classic. I wouldn't mind seeing those two teams again in the Super Bowl. Some guests on Inside Sports get gift certificates to Northern Chicken, bringing down-home Southern comfort food to Edmonton, along with other tasty treats. Salivate over the menu at northchickenyeg.com. Starting to look a lot like a Grey Cup festival downtown. One guy checking out the setup this afternoon. He has his name on the Grey Cup. Jeff Garcia will join us when we get back after the 6.30 News. support 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous. Visit santasanonymous.ca to find out how. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Alright, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Uh, Murr texting in, he says, uh, hey Reed, how long did Todd McClellan have left on his contract? Is the coach's salary part of the salary cap? He had until the end of next season. This was year four of a five-year deal. The coach's salary does not count towards the salary cap. You can text 63630, phone number 780-496-0063. Of course, that is the headline story today. Ken Hitchcock takes over from Todd McClellan, who was fired by the Oilers this morning. Hitchcock will coach tonight as the Oilers take on the San Jose Sharks. My name is Reed Wilkins. Of course, the headline event for the week in Edmonton is the Grey Cup coming up on Sunday between Calgary and Ottawa, and this young man has his name on the Grey Cup from a victory 20 years ago. It's uh, former Stampeders quarterback Jeff Garcia. Jeff, you're on with Reed. It's great to have you on the show again. How's life? Hey, life is good, Reed. Appreciate it, man. It's good to be up here in Edmonton. Wish I could stay all week long. Well, I got a, I saw some video of you today going down the uh, tube slide that's set up as part of the festival. How how was that experience? Are you generally like are you going to do the zip line or are you going to bungee jump or how how is the tube slide? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I like to live on the edge a little bit, but uh, the tube slide was a, a good little rush. I was worried about how I was going to stop when I got down to the bottom because I think they were still setting the whole thing up. So um, but no, I got, I, I stopped just fine. I didn't, I didn't have to hit the pavement, but, uh, had a good little ride. 
Absolutely. <laughs> well, Morley Scott, uh, who I think you met as well, our Eskimos play-by-play voice, had, had a little video. You, you looked in control. I, I, I think you were fine. Uh, I think you still got some athleticism, even though uh, you're, you're playing, <laughs> your pro-playing days uh, are, are behind you now. You know, when you, when you come into a city and you just – and I know it's kind of being set up still, but you start getting that Great Cup vibe. You see the festival. Uh, you know, you're a guy that you know, you know grew up in California, but you came to the CFL. It was a big part of your life. What's just what's a, what is the take the game out of it? What does Great Cup week? What does the Great Cup festival mean to you? What memories does that launch into your head? Oh yeah, great memories. Great memories of the experiences that I had whether it was being a part of the team playing in the Grey Cup or being just uh, a fan and being part of the events. I remember 1997 coming up to Edmonton for the Grey Cup, being a part of uh, just the festivities. I was nominated as the Western Division uh, Most Valuable Player and went up against Doug Flutie for the CFL MVP. And so I was here for the event and for the uh, for the awards uh, ceremony that that the CFL puts on, and got to spend you know four or five days up here in Edmonton, going to schools and talking to students, and and doing different appearances while I was here, and and seeing how just the city uh, embraced the the cup and the the festivities and and the excitement around it. And as a player, you know you have a focus. You have a focus as to prepare for the biggest game of your life, basically, but doesn't mean that you uh, totally avoid any festivities. I remember the year that we won it, 1998, going into Winnipeg, and the first night was <laughs> was a free-for-all, basically. I mean, we were out. We were hey, we were having a good time. We were partying with the Hamilton Tiger Cat players, <laughs> the guys we were going to face uh, that weekend. But we were we were there just as 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 players and as fans, and 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 enjoying the. An, an event, an experience, but uh, then we had to buckle down and, and prepare and get focused on our, our main task at hand, and that was playing in the game. I, I love how you're not shy about saying how you enjoyed that week. That's that's pretty cool. That was a great, uh, great cup game in '98. Just going by memory here, I believe Mark McLaughlin kicked the game-winning field goal with no time left. That's the one play probably a lot of people remember but there would have been dozens in that game that could have affected the outcome you know what's it like going through a, a game and I, I know as a quarterback you're in a lot of pressure situations situations that were could come down to how you perform um, but when you're leading a team on a drive where you know if you get it done the season ends and you'll win how, how calm or not calm were you in that circumstance yeah, you know, surprisingly, we were very calm in that situation. We had plenty of time left on the clock. We knew that we had a, a great kicker in Mark McLaughlin, and, uh, you know, we were down one. And so even a missed field goal could tie the game. And that's just the way the CFL rules go. But, you know, we felt like we could move the ball. We had moved the ball all game long. We had had good drives, and uh, it was a very competitive game, obviously, but uh, just going back to that final drive, just making plays, giving my teammates opportunities to catch the football and make plays after the catch. And then, you know, I had a run or two in that drive as well on a quarterback draw and then just getting in position to where we knew we had a chance. I mean, it was, it was, it was, you know, one of the 
greater moments in my football career just to be a part of that night, a part of that experience, a part of that just climbing to the mountaintop type of situation where you finally reach the top, that pinnacle of success, so to speak. It's like you set out that goal at the start of the season to uh, to accomplish. It's not just about uh, getting to the playoffs in the CFL, especially as a Calgary Stampede. Our, our goal was to win a great cup, and we've been so close so many times uh, in my tenure there in Calgary, and uh, to be able to finally accomplish it um, was just one of the greatest feelings that I've ever been a part of uh, from the standpoint of sports. I, I'm glad you brought that up, and, and, and I'm going to reference some teams that you weren't on, but it all kind of figured into where the Stampeders were in, in 98. 93, 94, 95. Stampeders went 15-3 and three every year, didn't win the Grey Cup. 1996, lost the West Final at home to the Eskimos, 15-12. Uh, bit of a drop-off in wins in 97 to 10-8, and 8, and you lost the West Semifinal at home to the Rough Riders. This year's Calgary team, and I know it hasn't been that long since they won the Grey Cup, but 14-4 and four in 2015, but so were the Eskimos, and they lost the West Final. Really disappointing Grey Cup losses the last two years. Not all the players have been on all those teams, but several have been on at least one or two of them. Do you think that weighs on them going into that week? Can that create doubt? No, I think it it really creates a, a sense of, uh, you know, there's there's always the sense of, especially two years ago, losing to Ottawa. I mean, the great games. First of all, they were great games. I mean, both Grey Cups the last two seasons, the last two years that Calgary has lost in, have come to, come down to the wire, come down to the final drive, and into overtime. Obviously, with the Ottawa uh, Red Blacks a couple of years ago, but this is a, an opportunity for them to really have redemption. You know, a lot of those players or those players that were a part of that team two years ago, I think carry that fire with them into this weekend's uh, rematch, so to speak. And I think more so than anything. It's an adrenaline rush. It's not so much, uh, hey, we've been there and we failed. Uh, they they know what they've what they've done wrong in those games and how they've hurt themselves and given somewhat given the game away uh, in not just completing not completing what they set out to complete. I think going into this weekend, I think they're going to come in very hungry. Uh, very angry in a lot of ways. I think they'll carry some of that just uh, feeling of what has happened last couple of years into what's going to happen this weekend. And, and and me being a Calgary fan, obviously, because I play for the team, <laughs> I hope they do. I hope they don't tighten up and think, oh, my gosh, we've been here before and we just haven't been able to get over the hump. No, hey, they won it. They won it three years ago or four years ago. Um, you know, this is a chance for them to get back and really prove that 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 there's something special uh you mentioned those seasons i was a part of that 94 team that lost to bc in the last seconds of the game yeah uh, you know the 95 team i started half that season when doug was injured and then didn't get to play in the gray cup game which we lost to the baltimore team only time a u.s team has won a gray cup and unfortunately it was us who gave it to them and then uh you know those other situations and the Edmonton loss, the the um, 
the Saskatchewan loss at home, those were those were tough because those years, every year, Calgary was one of the best, if not the best, team in the league. And to not finish out on top was hugely disappointing for us as players and part of that organization. And to finally get that win in 98 was like, just a, a huge relief in a lot of ways, but like a big monkey taken off of our back. Jeff, uh, Jeff Garcia joining us on Inside Sports. Jeff, thanks for being so generous with your time. While I have you, I just want to ask you a couple more. Wally Buono coached his last game for the BC Lions. Uh, they got eliminated by Hamilton in the in the East semifinal. Can you put into words Wally's impact on you? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm so thankful and grateful for, uh, for Wally and the Stampeders at the time, all the, all the people that were a part of the, the front office, the Stampeders, for giving me the opportunity to be a part of the organization, to earn uh, a, a role on that team. I mean, it wasn't easy. I came in that first year, and Flutie was the starter. Steve Taylor, who was a, a veteran guy, was the backup. I was competing to be the third quarterback on the team, and it really came down to a preseason game where I had one quarter to show whether I belonged or whether I needed to go find a new career. And it's amazing what can take place in, in the sense of an opportunity and whether you're ready to take advantage of that opportunity or not. And we can look back at 25 years ago, and I could have easily have been tossed aside and forced to go start something different in my life. And fortunately, I... I earned it on that day in that game. Wally found something in me, saw something in me that he believed in that could be. Uh, he, I'm sure he didn't know what it could be because he had a hell of a quarterback at the time <laughs> in Doug Flutie. So he wasn't too worried about Doug's replacement. But I think what he saw in the next year, my second year there with the Stampeders, when Doug did go down with the injury, that he had a guy who could step in and, 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 and carry the torch. And, uh, you know, without Wally believing in this little scrappy dude out of San Jose State, <laughs> I would have never had that opportunity. So I'm, I'm extremely thankful. He's been a great coach and general manager throughout his career. The guy has accomplished so much. He's won so many championships. He's been great as, as a leader of organizations. And, uh, you know, I wish him well in his time to now take a step back and enjoy his family and, and not have to report to work every day. I'm sure he'll miss it in a lot of ways, though. Jeff, uh, just one more for you. Besides going down tube slides and enjoying Edmonton, uh, what, what are you up to these days? <laughs> yeah, you know, hey, I, I would have loved to have been here for the game on the weekend. Uh, I do work for the uh, Bay Area Sports, NBC Sports Bay Area for the 49er games. So I do a pre- and a post-game show on TV every weekend during the season. So I travel. I live in uh, San Diego. I travel up to the Bay Area every weekend to do the 49er gig. And uh, I have four young kids. I have a 10, 9, 8, and almost 7-year-old that I uh, am extremely busy with coaching their teams and hanging out and being a dad. I'm extremely blessed and, and fortunate to be able to have that role and be a part of their lives and that's what's most important to me jeff it, it was great to have you on the show uh could i just get you to stay on the line for a minute here after uh, after i go to break just to tie something up with you but th- this was an outstanding chat thanks for making time it. for us here on 6 30 sure absolutely we're back right after the break
This is JC Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Hey, here's the cool thing about the Great Cup Festival. We're going to have Inside Sports from the 6.30 Chet Information Center both tomorrow and Thursday. So 6 to 8 p.m. where we got this giant luxury trailer. It's actually it's actually Brian Hall's boathouse. We moved it to the center of Jasper Avenue. It's a pretty big boathouse. Or what do you call it? The, the beach, sorry, the beach house. That's what I meant, the beach house. It's Brian Hall's beach house. So we moved it and set it up in the middle of Jasper Avenue. So we're basically going to be right there in front of the in front of the Shaw, in front of Canada Place. Jasper Ave shut down. So it'll be right there. I think, Kellen, for, mm-hmm. for people who have participated in this race like I have, I think it's basically going to be close to where the start-finish line is for the Edmonton Marathon and all the races they do in August. So if you're at the Great Cup Festival... Jalen and Andrew will be there tomorrow. We'll have other shows there, but I'll be there from 6 to 8 tomorrow night and Thursday night. So that'll be fun. I'm looking forward to that, getting out, seeing the festival, enjoying the vibe, maybe meeting some of you. That would be cool. That was really fun to have Jeff Garcia on the show. He was uh, a great CFL quarterback, had some pretty good years in the NFL as uh, as well. So he's in town enjoying the uh, tube slide and some memories of playing in the 90s. And, yeah, he was on some Stamps teams uh, like the current edition that had some pretty good regular seasons and fell short in uh, in the playoffs. Calgary and Ottawa coming up on Sunday. Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. This portion of Inside Sports presented by Furnace Family, your 24-7 furnace repair and replacement specialists. Call 7804-FAMILY or check them out online at FurnaceFamily.com. We will uh, shift into the face-off show at 7 and then play-by-play 8.30, Sharks and Oilers. Corey the Butcher texting in. Says, great interview with Jeff Garcia. Sounds like a really cool guy for a former Stampeder. Ha ha. <laughs> uh, fair comment. They're always, they're always more fun to talk to after they're no longer playing for the team you despise, aren't they? A little bit from Peter Shirelli, Oilers President of Hockey Operations and General Manager from earlier today on the coaching change. Well, certainly the our last little stretch has, has given me a lot of pause for thought on that. Um, and... Uh, you know, with all the parity in the uh, in the league, and and you know, I, I think the timing was right now to do it. Um, the um, you know, these are difficult decisions, and you've seen you know a number of GMs in the same position speak, and you'll probably hear me say this some of the same things. Uh, but um, there's still a lot of runway left in this year, and we felt that uh, um, a new voice would be would be helpful. And uh, and uh, and certainly, I'm not certainly absolving myself of any responsibility on the player personnel. And if this isn't this isn't just a, an indictment of Todd, like or or the players. I mean, this is this is a collective thing, and uh, it's our job to uh, to get to the playoffs. And we owe it to our fans. And I felt this was the right move for it. Ken Hitchcock, why Ken? Um, I had the uh, the. Uh, uh, experience of working with Ken and Soshi. I got to know him fairly well in that short period of time. Um, obviously, his his track record is impeccable. Um, he uh, he's a, he's a very good tactician. Um, what I saw was uh, a real high level of input in a short period of time. You can you can 
extra, extrapolate that a little bit here. Like we've got, we're in two months in, and we we, we don't have a full season left. So he's he knows how to uh, uh, inject um, uh, system structure execution um, in a short period of time. So and uh, well respected and uh, and a taskmaster, and he's he's got a lot to his portfolio. And I felt it was the the right person for the job. With Todd, was it more strategic, or or, or just the the players weren't kind of responding the way you'd hope? Well, I, I just you know I, I I saw some things that were resurfacing, and again, not an indictment on Todd. He's he's a good man, and. Uh, he's a very good coach, and he's going to be a very good coach in the league again. Um, I, I just saw some things that we had a good start. We had, well, we had a, a weak start, but we had a real good stretch, and I don't think we overachieved. And then I, I just saw some reversion back. So um, I can't tell you. It's, this isn't scientific. When you, it, it's, it, there's a sense and a feel, and you, you talk to people, and, and I just what I saw, I saw levels of flatness. Uh, levels of non-response and when that happens uh, the radar goes up and and we decided to act a little bit there from Peter Shirelli on why he decided to make a coaching change Ken Hitchcock coming in to uh, see if he can uh, give the team a little bit of a kick in the pants they are 9-10-1 they were 8-4-1 and things were looking pretty good they've only won once since then the San Jose Sharks hosting the Oilers tonight. They have a record of 11-7-3. All right, I will rejoin you after the 7 o'clock news. We're just going to change the name of the show to the City Ford Face-Off show. Kellen Kennedy is our studio producer. Bob Stoffer will check in. You'll hear from a couple Oilers players, their reaction to the coaching change. And, of course, Rob Brown will step in as well. He knows Hitchcock quite well. Played for him a couple of times during the course of his career. This has been Inside Sports on 630 Chad. My name is Reed Wilkins. Talk to you after the news. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Selling your home? How will it stand out? With tailored marketing for your home, there is a difference when you want to attract the right buyer. Visit soldtodayedmonton.ca. List it. Sell it. Move on. Craig Hummel with Remax Excellence. soldtodayedmonton.ca. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.